Hey, good evening, Fahim. Good evening, Phil. Thank you for joining me. Uh, let's give everybody two more minutes, and I'll get started. You know what? I just realized I can talk about something that are related to calling, guys. First thing is that I heard that calling is going to be closed. Did you guys ever he- <laughs> heard about that? Because Stephen Miller, he had his last calling episode. Uh, I think yesterday. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why people are late to show? Hey, don't insult people by their skin color, please. This is uh, Fahim, right? <laughs> so I heard that the uh, calling will be closed. Is that true, guys? Let me know. Just uh, post on the chat or just let me know. A uh, second thing is that I kind of want to remember some of the calling regulars that recently have disappeared. Okay, I think you guys probably know these folks. One is uh, Johnny Gaza, G-A-R-Z-A, I think. He disappeared recently, just like completely off the radar. Another person is Heidi. What happened to Heidi? Did she have some kind of a conflict with someone and butt out? Uh... You didn't hear that. Oh, okay. Th- th- thank you for him. Yeah, I I don't know what happened to this guy, Stephen Miller. He said, calling is going to be closed by Rumble. I was like, uh, for what reason? I'm not sure. So so that's that. Uh, another thing is calling related. Or darn it. There's not, uh, th- no, there's not another person I'm trying to remember. He is very much a regular, but he disappeared. Oh, boy. Now, now I forgot. And, uh, yeah, that, oh, Amanda, do you know what happened to Heidi and what happened to that guy, Johnny Gaza, you know, Heidi's wrinkly, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, there's a number of folks, I, I mean, they're quite active on calling, but now they disappear, uh, yes, let me, let, let's hear from Amanda. I don't know about either one. Okay. I mean, I don't hear anything bad happen. I was like, all of a sudden, they're off. Maybe they decided they needed to take a break. That's true. Social media is a bad thing. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I had a show today and I hung out there for 20 minutes and nobody came. I mean, I invited people and stuff, so I figured it just must be something happening today, or I don't know. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you mean your Ohuru episode? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean Ohuru. I mean, actually, it's I'm going. To, I mean, I actually going to touch a little bit about Ohuru, uh, a little bit t- t- uh, tonight also. So I appreciate. I mean, you know what, I mean, I'll make you the speaker. 
and uh, let's get started. So, so appreciate it. And uh, now today's episode actually is going to be a little bit long, but hopefully it's not too long. I'm going to try to control the length of it. I don't want to make it long. It's it's boring if it's long. So I want to do a. Now, basically, the reason I post a little update is how to interfere an American election, absolute prosecutorial discretion, and the color of national security in collaboration of the mainstream media. If you have that factors combined together, you win. We, the people, the voters will lose. So I say that because I think you have heard before. I believe the FBI interfered with 2016 election. Not just the final election in November, but in the Democratic primary, because the way they treated the Clinton server email server thing absolutely stopped Joe Biden to step in. And of course, 2020 on the right hand side, the、uh, Republican will say the Hunter Biden laptop story is absolutely suppressed to help Joe Biden, right? In 2024. Remember, Trump is still under national security investigation, right? So, plus, there's a whole bunch of prosecutors is going after him. So, so that's why I want to just. So, of course, I'm talking about Duran report. Duran is an independent prosecutor, right? He's a, appointed by William Barr, so he is a prosecutor. I'm going to talk talking about the prosecutorial discretion. Especially when it's under the color of national security, and also it's in collaboration with the mainstream media, which the Durham report did expose. So, I have, as you can imagine, I actually、uh, actively in waiting, expecting a lot of those legal commentators out there talking about the Durham、uh, Durham report.、Uh, to my Greatest、uh, surprise! Lot of the people on the right side, the Republican side, is pretty pretty quiet. <laughs> I'm I'm not too too surprised, but I'm a little bit surprised. Okay, so for example,、uh, I follow this guy Andy McCarthy. He was a judge. He was a federal prosecutor. He is a frequent contributor on Fox News, and I always want to hear what he has to say. He didn't say much, but he did say something. Which I'm going to tell you guys, share with you guys now. He talks about the, the legal jeopardy that Trump is in right now. This is what he wrote recently. He said the debates, the primary presidential debates for the Republicans, kicks off in August, precisely when Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has asked the court to declare its decks in preparation for likely indictments against Trump and others in connection with Georgia's. 2020 presidential election. That's strike number one.、Uh, October third, Trump and his adult children face the start of a major civil fraud trial brought by New York State Attorney General Letitia James. Meantime, a state judge in Manhattan has set March 25th, 2024, as the commencement date for Trump's criminal trial on charges brought by district.、Uh, District Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, that he falsified business records to can to conceal hush money payments to a porn star. Now, I'm reading this out because guess what? 
all these prosecutors are African American prosecutors. That give me something to predict that Jack Smith, that white prosecutor in Washington D.C., is going to press charges against Trump. You cannot have a three. African American prosecutors going after him, not have a white prosecutor not going after him, because that will make our U.S. government look very, very bad, right? So I'm just going to, I'm just going to say, right? This this white prosecutor will have no choice but to indict Donald Trump. But on the other hand, I actually believe this is a good thing for Trump. He literally can come out now to say, "Dissenters is not my enemy. The government is always my enemy. <laughs> I will fight the government, not for me, Donald Trump, but for you, <laughs> we the people, the MAGA people." Okay, he actually can push this. And guess what? If if he won any one of them, you know, he will get some serious credits among the voters, in my opinion. So, so that is the news update I want to share with you guys. Hey, Peter. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, just a little housekeeping. Um, I I'm gonna have to sign off by uh, in about fifty minutes, five okay. zero, like okay. at the end of the hour. Just so you know. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So now let's get the introduction. Prosecutorial discretion, in case you never know, is when a prosecutor has the power to decide whether or not to charge a person for a crime, and which criminal charges to file. This is a rather broad power. Remember, a broad power can be easily abused, right? This is rather broad power that also gives prosecutors the authority to enter into plea bar plea bargains with the defendant. Which can result in defendant pleading guilty to a lesser charge or receiving a lesser sentence for pleading guilty to the original charge. Given the scope of this power, are there any limits? So I have talked about this in the past. Prosecutorial discretion is a very effective political tool, and it becomes beyond any checks and balances. When exercised under color of national security, and in, especially when it's in, done in collaboration with the mainstream media, okay, you will not be surprised if I, I will call Doran. John Doran is just yet another East Coast white elitist, a privilegist, just like James Comey, William Barr, and a whole bunch of other people. He knows the trickery of the prosecutorial discretion, and his report, in my opinion, I'm actually jumping to the conclusion here. His report and his work demonstrate that, because as you know, what happened during the 2016 election and those Russia collusion, the public, generally speaking, deserve to know the truth and the entire truth, and Doran actually have all the power to dig into it. Because remember, before Doran, there's already a Inspector General's report from the DOJ about FBI's misconduct. But the independent, sorry, the the uh, the Inspector General, he does not have any prosecutorial power. 
when he when the in the uh, when the inspector general asks to interview some people, those people can say we refuse to talk to you. There's no legally binding power. Doran has everything he needed, but he come up very very short, and I'll explain to you why. Because in case you,、uh, you never read Doran report, that's okay. I did not even read the whole thing. It's three hundred some pages. I read the exact exact summary, and I scan through segments after the executive summary. It's a very long executive summary. In the Doran report, one of the many things that catch my eyes. Oh, I'm not saying he did a horrible job in detail. He did a lot of detailed work. One of the major things he said is this. Almost every time, when the Christopher Steele and whatever those uh, uh, opposition research groups, whatever they send it to FBI for criminal investigation, they also send something to the mainstream media. They purposefully disclose these criminal investigation information to the mainstream media. That itself is a crime, actually. Okay, as we know, you know the media is for a candidate against another. So, but I want to share with you is that, like Malcolm X said, the media has a huge power. The media has the power to make a criminal a victim, and to make a victim a criminal. As we all know, Hillary Hillary Clinton always claimed she is a victim. Of the Russian interference in the presidential election, it's not her personal shortcomings. It's not the fact that the African Americans are not too thrilled with any candidates with the last name Clinton, right? So her campaign was able to hire the、uh, opposition research groups. In conjunction with the CIA, the FBI, to go after Trump. That is what happened. It seems to me. So, so you can imagine that Doran actually have a huge, huge opportunity to get to the bottom of this. As you can tell from what I, my past episode, I'm a strong advocate of. When there's a tragedy happen, when there's a bad bad things happen, you want to get to the bottom of this. Whether it's a JFK assassination, COVID pandemic, airline crash, mass shootings, you name it. Okay, not necessarily I want to prosecute someone. Just saying, I think the the people deserve to know the truth, the whole truth. Unfortunately, this this uh, uh, Doran is very similar to James Comey. So James Comey is famously have used this word, no reasonable prosecutor standard. Power on. Okay, I'm going to play a little clip that he when he spoke in the Congress. I think in the Senate, he said this、uh, in his own public announcement. The same thing. It's called a no reasonable prosecutor standard. That I when, when, when I look at the facts we gathered here, as I said, I see evidence of great carelessness, 
But I do not see evidence that is sufficient to establish that Secretary Clinton or those with whom she was corresponding both talked about classified information on email and knew when they did it, they were doing something that was against the law. So given that assessment of the facts, my understanding of the law, my conclusion was and remains, no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. No reasonable prosecutor would bring the second case in 100 years focused on gross negligence. And so I know that's been a source of some confusion for folks. That's just the way it is. I know the Department of Justice. I know no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case. I know a lot of my former friends are out there saying they would. I wonder where they were the last 40 years, because I'd like to see the cases they brought on gross negligence. Nobody would. Nobody did. So remember, he said, that's just the way it is. Now, I have talked quite a bit about the law enforcement, the discretion, the law enforcement exercise when it's a drug offenses between racial minorities and the white population. That is also prosecutorial discretion. Okay, so remember, Comey said first things that this is, that is the way it is. Deal with it. Okay, he also have said, you know, as we all know, in case you do not know, it is a crime all by itself, whether it's gross negligence or any other negligence. If you kept top secret documents on your personal device, taking it home and all that, it is an automatic crime. It does not matter whether you have an intent to do that, whether you, you are negligent about doing that. It's a slam dunk crime. Okay? And he is trying to play with the words, use the word gross negligence, yada, yada, yada. No, it has nothing to do with negligence. The law is written in the ways that for top classified secrets, if you just carry it to your, on, your, on your person, to your house, that's automatic. That's automatic. As you can imagine, Trump probably will say the same thing about his Mar-a-Lago search. Okay, but uh, let, let's not to go there first. The uh, so so for Comey has a a, a worse problem because he is not a prosecutor. He is just a FBI director. He is in no authority to say what he's just saying, and it's just you know. But of of course, Comey used to be a prosecutor at the DOJ and he is a lawyer so he he knows he's supposed to know the law okay so this is the first thing the second thing i want to talk about this is all related to the the, the Doran report the mo the the most outspoken person from the right after the Doran report is this guy Devin Nunes. I have played his uh, clips in my last episode, but I think it's good to play it again because uh, he has said, he said this in Doran report shows the complete collapse of our justice system. Devin Nunes, I'm pretty sure he is also a lawyer. Okay. Oh, by the way, I'm going to get to the Uhuru. <laughs> later on under the same theory and uh, so let's hear what this guy Devin Nunes said 
You've got one campaign paying for dirt on another campaign, and you've got the amazing intelligence agencies of our government weaponized. So that's what has taken place here. You're saying you knew nothing about it? You were President Obama's right hand. And a lot of people wonder how much President Obama directed this. So I ask you, did President Obama direct any of this? That's not how it works. That's not how our investigations work. That we leave that to the intelligence community to bring forward information. That was former President Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett with me back in 2020 when I pressed her about what President Obama knew about the Trump-Russia probe, which, according to special counsel John Durham, was seriously flawed, and there was no basis or evidence to launch such an investigation, something my next guest, Devin Nunes, told us back in February of 2018, five years ago, he broke that news here on this program, that the entire Trump-Russia collusion pushed by Democrats, the DOJ, the FBI, and the mainstream media was a made-up story. Now we are learning from the Durham report that the FBI appeared to have made no effort in a, at all in investigating Bill and Hillary Clinton over claims that individuals and in foreign countries were attempting to buy influence through donations to the Clinton Foundation and Hillary's 2016 presidential campaign. Join me right now with reaction is the truth teller. Uh, this bombshell uh, is going to be here. Our topic for former House Intelligence Committee chairman, current Trump media CEO, Devin Nunez. Devin, great to see you. Thanks very much for being here. Great to be with you, Maria. Your assessment of the Durham report. I think overall, this is a really sad day for America because what it represents is the total collapse of the justice system. A lot of people see this as, oh, FBI, intelligence agencies. No, no, no. This represents the entire collapse of the justice system. And it really, the Durham report reads like the tombstone for the justice system. And it would say something simple, like, here lies the justice system, the Justice Department, and we knew there was criminality and we couldn't do anything about it. That's really what the Durham report says. There's a lot of great information in there, but nothing's been done. Well, why? I mean, why is there no accountability after all of these years? You knew it from day one. You came out with the Nunes report back in 2018 and walked us through how this was a made up story from the Clinton campaign. And yet look at look at where they are now. All of these people who were complicit in pushing this lie, whether it's Peter Strzok, John Brennan, James Comey, they've got big jobs at universities and they're writing books and they're on MSNBC and CNN as national security experts. Yeah, so the way you have to look at this, it's even bigger than that and all of those bad, evil characters. What this is really about, it's about the Justice Department collapsing. It's also about the judicial branch of government collapsing and the fake news media collapsing. Now, look, Maria, we, a lot of this we talked about on your show for the last six years, your viewers understand that. But I think you have to take a global view of what the repercussions really are here. Because, you know, the judicial branch, we, we, I just mentioned the justice system, how that's completely broke down. I mean, they knew about it, couldn't do anything about it. But how about the judges? Let's just take, there's three easy examples with the judges. You have the FISA court. They did absolutely nothing. The FISA court could have stepped in. They knew right away when I knew. They knew in 2017. And then for sure they knew in 18 when we notified them. Did they do anything? No, they covered it up. You also had the activity of federal judges as it related to General Flynn. Then fast forward and you got the Mar-a-Lago raid where you have a judge sign a, a FISA warrant or a, a search warrant. Yeah, great point. Let's take a short break. and So that's good enough. So you have heard him say two things. 
collapse of the justice system and the collapse of the judiciary. All right. So that is very true. That is why I'm going to explain what he said actually is valid. And uh, so the, uh, uh, okay. So, so I, you don't have to read the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Doran report itself. It's just too long. But I'll tell you this. I was uh, calling in to uh, Aaron Mate's uh, show with uh, Katie Halper the other day. I think this past Tuesday or Monday. I forgot. I asked uh, Aaron Mate this question. After the reading the Doran report, Doran report, did you get an impression that Obama, Clinton, Clinton's attorneys, CIA and FBI had a planned and furthered a conspiracy of immobilizing a duly elected presidency. If so, is that an insurrection? I asked Aramate. Now, I, he, he gave a very long answer. I did not even uh, listen through it because I was in the middle of something, but he spent a lot of time because Aramate said he is writing a book about this Doran report. The uh, what Darren Devin Nunes just said on on the Fox News show is that there is a legal basis which I touched upon already. Remember, it's a three factors: prosecutorial discretion, and the color of a national security, in collaboration with the mainstream media. You cannot beat them at all. They're gigantic. Their power is inc- incredible. Where they come from. Uh, when Devin Nunes complains, well, the judiciary is has collapsed. Why he said that? I'll explain to him why Devin Nunes said that. He didn't even know. The unlimited power by the deep state, by the defense department, by the, by the CIA. All this power comes from this decision by the U.S. Supreme Court called the Korematsu, where the court has clearly said when it comes to national security, when it comes to prosecuting a war, the courts are not the experts. We have to let the president, let the military to do their job. That's the Korematsu principle. So ever since the Korematsu, as long as the deep state raised the so-called urgency of national defense, the courts usually is going to look the other way. Okay? So that, I have explained that in the past. There's a legal basis why the deep state can get away from shit that they do. It, it traces all the way back to Korematsu. Okay? You can, during, uh, after the Vietnam War, with all the debacle out of the Vietnam War, there's a church committee report on the deep state, too. On the CIA, on the FBI, and all that. Did we ever do anything with this deep state? I think I made my point in the past. The Americans have never learned the real lessons from the Vietnam War. That is exactly why ever since the Vietnam War, we have so many wars afterwards. Okay, so this is the second point I want to make. Third point, these are all related to what's the legal basis for that. 9-11 and the Pfizer. Okay, 
Uh, this guy's name is Zhang Yu, Y-O-O, is his last name. He teaches laws at the UCLA Berkeley, if I'm not mistaken. He is the, he is, uh, he's known to be the torture memo author and uh, warrantless surveillance memo. He is the one who wrote the memo to George W. Bush saying that, Torture is okay because we are under a national emergency, national security emergency. This is a Zhang Yu, Y-O-O. In fact, he recently showed up on Fox Business and, uh, and, uh, and uh, this, uh, uh, this host in the Fox News, uh, Fox Business, I think, uh, kind of challenged him a little bit, saying you are the author of all these deep state authorities. Now, do you regret what you said? Now you have seen the Doran report. Okay, this guy's Zhang Yu. So this is the third period where the legal basis for the deep state to run amok is firmly established. Kurimatsu first, as long as it's for the for a for a national security reason, we can we can round up a bunch of people and put them in the in a uh, 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 concentration camp. During the Vietnam War, every you know, all kinds of shit is done, but no reform actually happened, right? And 9/11 and Pfizer uh, with the Pfizer, of course, Pfizer is Pfizer is created prior to 9/11, but of course, since 9/11, Pfizer's power is just even more. Remember, the Pfizer application is is private, it, it, it's sealed, it's confidential forever. All right, so that is what I want to say to in in, in response to what Devin Nunes is saying. Go ahead, Amanda. Oh, oh don't oh. forget, Amanda. What I just said is this. You can use the same principle to go after Uhuru. You can say, you people, Uhuru people, you are working with the Russians to sow discord in the United States. Hey, it's a national you're so proven guilty, mister. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So if they can use both ways, they can use both ways. That's why I say, I mean, Republicans don't, 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 don't whine too much. Save your crocodile tear for the time being because you, Trump did the same shit to the Chinese and you'll continue to do so all in the name of a national security. All of them. That's why I'm not a fan of neither Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter to me. They all do that. Go ahead, Manda. So I just wanted, while we you were talking about the um, uh, prosecutorial discretion. Yes. Um, so that, and you're talking about it from a federal level, right? Oh, state level is just as bad. Yes, go, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So, okay. So, so one of the, one of the things that I wanted to bring up is that Alameda's, Alameda County's new elected DA is using her prosecutorial discretion in positive ways because in the right hands, prosecutorial discretion can provide the power to scale back on mass incarceration, promote public safety, and ensure restorative and just outcomes. 
and she's getting a lot of pushback when she's asking for lower sentences on crimes that people are very um, concerned about, like a um, particular one that just got turned down by a judge was um, a young man who had killed three people and they, she was reducing the sent. She asked for a reduced sentence to 15 years instead of 75. I'm, I'm not sure how much past five years it really is going to, you know, there's a certain point at which it, it just doesn't make sense to have somebody in prison that long with no, you know, restorative whatever. But I just wanted to say, because there are some good DAs out there trying to use their prosecutorial discretion to keep um, some people out of have uh, trouble entirely um, in ways that the justice system has not been able to do widespread. Mm -hmm. Well, as far uh, as these federal things and mm -hmm. discretion on this federal stuff, we could go straight to the politicization of, of looking into Trump, the Uhuru movement and what, what happened with them and the, the intimidation and terrorism that's happening with, with them because of prosecutorial discretion you know, but I was just reading um, that that the guidance from the new attorney general in 2021 rolled back some of the because um, Trump in 2017 on, under prosecutorial discretion really demanded like the highest charge and no no leniency and like super strict and and the new guidance rolls it back some to you know accommodate individual cases oh yeah i mean this will be all on display uh, i do not know enough about the west coast situation because i'm a i'm an east coast person but as we know this alvin bragg's uh cases against uh uh, uh daniel penny for the death of uh geez i keep forgetting this guy's name this is a michael jackson impersonator uh i keep forgetting his name my bad that is another good example. Like uh, his defense may raise the situation saying, oh, these, these woke prosecutors, they don't actually prosecute any crimes. That's why the citizens are forced to, to be a vigilante. I mean, they can put up uh, some kind of defense like that. The, uh, one of the example I want to use is about the prosecutorial discretion in the local prosecutor's office. This in, in Wilmington, Delaware. There is a video clip. Uh, African American man has serious mental health issues. Also disabled. He's a wheelchair bound. One day he showed up with a gun in his wheelchair on the street of Wilmington. I think a four or five white cops line up like an execution squad and shoot him. And he's dead. Until today, his mother is demanding prosecution of these cops. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. After that happened, the state prosecutor's office said, we're going to refer this case to the Civil Rights and the Public Trust Division to investigate. And it took like a four years or whatever, and nothing happened. Doran report almost did the exact same thing. I know from the Trump side, a lot of people saying what happened is a crime. Okay. And they are hoping that, especially after this uh, Inspector General 
Michael How uh, uh, Horowitz have already said uh, uh, this uh, uh, Operation Hurricane is uh, not sufficiently predicated. There's a strong political bias within the FBI. He already said that. A lot of people on the right is saying they want to get to the bottom of this. And guess what? Doran did the same thing. It's called a slow rolling. I heard this term. It's called a slow rolling from a lawyer. This guy, you know, for these kind of cases, they know the cops committed an unjustified killing. But they're just slow rolling till the heat comes down a little bit. And one day they'll issue a report saying they decide not to press charges. And you can do nothing about it. It's a go prosecutorial discretion. <laughs> like James Comey said, <laughs> that's the way it is. Deal with it. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, so that is what is going on. The, uh, about not charging someone certain crime or reduce sentence or that, that's a separate topic. I do know in California, this is what I read. There's a Chinese lady who was uh, hit by a white woman driving an SUV. The, the, the Chinese lady did not die instantly. So this white woman stepped out of her SUV, checked and then stepped back and drove it off, drove it off. And this Chinese lady later died. And the local prosecutor office say they are not going to press charges. Guess what? You're not going to do anything about it. You're a victim of something. But the prosecutor say, no, we're not going to do anything. This is California. So I do not know the skin color of this prosecutor or what whatsoever, what county, whether it's a woke county or not. I don't care. But I'm just saying prosecutorial discretion is one of the white privilege that I use. But remember this, as I said earlier, Trump is being prosecuted by three black prosecutors. They can also abuse their discretion, too. Right. So, I would love, you know, just so, just let, let all the shitty things be put on the show so everybody see how corrupt our justice system is. I think Pamela Price in Alameda County is probably one of the exceptions that proves the rule. OK, I'll just put it like that. And she okay. definitely has been called woke by people who are um, generally kind of moderate or right of center. Okay, got so, it. So you know that uh -huh. there's some more information. Uh -huh. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So now, again, I just want to emphasize just a three times in our history, we established a legal basis for this st deep state to have unlimited power. One is Korematsu. Under the name of uh, national security, you can run about 100,000 some people and put them in the concentration camp. Second is the Vietnam War era. Despite the church committee's report, no serious legal reforms ever happened to control these deep state people. 9-11 just totally, you know, expand those beyond any reach now, right? Just basically, you know, that's, that's basically established the legal basis. Now I'm going to go quickly the Doran report. Again, I want to confess, I did not read everything. I just only go over the uh, executive summary of the report. And I also spot check a few details. He had a lot of details, which is good. I'm not saying this uh, whole report is uh, totally useless. They actually, it's, there's a lot of juicy stuff. There's a lot of juicy stuff.
but the, the but people already asked the right question for those who care. Why Christopher Steele is never interviewed? You have all the power as a prosecutor, and he's the main source. At, at, which I'm going to quick quickly go over. Okay, so the first part in the executive summary, he said we're asking a number of questions. So was there adequate predication for the FBI to open the cross? File hurricane investigation from its inception on July thirty first, twenty sixteen. Remember, July thirty first, twenty sixteen is about the same month when James Comey said no reasonable prosecutor will go after Hillary Clinton's email server situation. Okay, so. And it's a long question here. Just basically, was there adequate predication? Well, we know that already, Doran. William Barr already testified in the Senate, saying based on what he has read, William Barr is the Attorney General. He does not believe Crossfire Hurricane, the investigation itself, had a probable cause. Period. Farah. The Foreign Agent Registration Act is a, 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 another law that the FBI may open that investigation. That itself is inadequate either. Remember, Uhuru is probably also prosecuted under Farah. Is that right, Amanda? <coughs> y Yashitali is considered to be like an agent of a Russian government, yeah. and he failed to register. Is that right? Yes, that, so, that yeah. is what the charge is, yeah. Yeah. You see, I said go both ways. Okay, I, I'm not, I'm not like soft on either side. I, I, I beat up both both sides, as you guys know. So, so I mean, Doran is totally like you're doing something that's already done. We all know it's not sufficiently predicated. Move on. You have a bigger fish to fry. Do you have the guts to go after the big fish? Can I just um, sure punch in here real quick? Um, so the charges against Chairman Yeshitala and and Penny Hess and Jesse Neville, who are called the Uhuru Three, um, the response to the charges is anybody who knows anything about Chairman Amali Yeshitala would know that the notion that somebody else, a Russian or anyone, is behind the scenes pulling the strings for Chairman Amali Yeshitala and telling him what to say or do. <laughs> such offensive and slanderous allegation, yep. to even dignify it with a response feels inappropriate. You're totally right. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, you know, it is a complete political case in the Yashi Taylor case, just like the Trump, the Russia collusion case. Completely. Okay, because we, we, we remember, guys, it, in collaboration, I have said three factors prosecutorial discre uh, discretion. Uh, under color of national security, in the name of national security, in collaboration of mainstream media. Remember this. Now they all admit, including CNN, saying Trump is exonerated by this Durham report. He is not exonerated in the Mueller report. He is not exonerated in the uh, Inspector General's report. Now with all this detail, yeah, you cannot say that he... Like I said already, if you if you are a enemy of the United States, 
you want to find spies, you will not go for a millionaire, a billionaire to say, can you be our spies? Then you have to see how much you're going to pay him. $700 million? Well, he's already a billionaire. Maybe $700 million is not enough. It's too expensive to be a spy for, Ru for Russia. Trump is too expensive. Me? Maybe. I'm cheap. Okay? So, so it's, it's, I mean, it's just how stupid the, this whole, the, 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 the deep state is. Okay. I always said there's a, none of the agencies in this uh, intelligence community is actually intelligent. They're all as stupid as fuck. So, so that's that. The, uh, the second question Doran is asking, this is all in his executive summary. Was the opening of Crossfire Hurricane as a full investigation on July 31st consistent with how the FBI handled other intelligence he had received prior to July 31st. It's once again a stupid question. We all know FBI is a bureaucracy. It's called the Bureau of Investigation. They are bureaucrats. They are pretty stupid people. You don't need to go over that, whether they have a you know, follow certain rules strictly. No, they're bureaucrats. They can be as stupid not to follow the... The key is this. There is already a political bias admitted by Christopher Ray, the director of FBI, as disclosed by the Inspector General's report back in, I think, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not saying during reports is all bad, okay? There's a lot of juicy stuff. Third question, Sid, similarly, did the FBI properly consider other highly significant intelligence it received at virtually the same time as that used to predicate crossfire hurricane? Here again, uh, 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 let, let me read the whole thing. This is a long question written in his report, okay? It's in the exact summary. Similarly, did the FBI properly considered other highly significant intelligence it received at virtually the same time as that used to predicate crossfire hurricane, but which related not to the Trump campaign, but rather to a purported Clinton campaign plan to vilify, to quote, to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security service, end quote which might have shed light on some of the Russia information the FBI was receiving from third parties, including the Steele dossier, the Alpha Bank's bank allegation, and the confidential human sources, CHS reporting. If not, were any pro provable federal crimes committed in failing to do so? He once again is asking, is there a political bias in these bureaucrats inside the FBI? The answer, you don't need to spend money and time to investigate. It is yes. Move on. You see, the, he put these top questions to me are useless questions. That's why I think he missed the big picture. The public want you to go to the bottom of the whole damn thing. You don't need to repeat what Inspector General Michael Horowitz did already, and FBI director already admitted. Go after how this whole thing came about. It's not just within the FBI. 
It's a collaboration of a CIA. Oh, by the way, I'm not pointing fingers at Obama. I'm pretty sure Obama is pretty, pretty kosher. I actually believe a lot of this doing is by Clinton and the CIA and her, you know, cronies. You know, I always feared the Duran would not go far enough for the same reason James Comey used that so-called no reasonable prosecutor standard. And he did. And he did. The next question, was there evidence that the action of any FBI personnel or third parties relating to the Crossfire Hurricane investigation violated any federal criminal statutes, including the prohibition against making false statements to federal officials? If so, was that evidence sufficient to prove guilt beyond reasonable doubt? So guys, remember this. Evidence that action of any FBI personnel or third parties. Remember this. For the FBI personnel, we know it's very difficult to go after FBI agents. They are like God. Okay? But my question is, what do you mean by third parties? Legally tell me what third parties mean. I have explained to you guys in the past, okay? When it comes to a counterintelligence operation, when it comes to a national security case, the so-called third parties, they are not victims. They are not witnesses. In the regular legal proceeding, you have to be a victim. You know, you are robbed. You go to a police station, you say, I'm robbed. In that case, you are both a victim and a witnesses. Or you can be a witness uh, alone, meaning that you witnesses a mother on the street. You go to talk to the police. You are a witnesses. These are law, regular law enforcement. If you lie to the police, where there's no murder ever happened, you go to police say, I saw a murder on 10th Street and the Washington Street. That's making a false report to police. That is a crime. Right? If you're never robbed, you pretend you're robbed, you made it up a story, regular law enforcement, it's a crime. So in this case, when Doran used the word third party, what do you mean third party? What's their legal status? Are they victims? What's the victim of the Russian interference in our election? So, I have explained this. In a national security context, the so-called third party, all those people in the Doran report, the Christopher Steele, the, uh, the, the Russian guy, and all the way to this guy, uh, Dolan, which is a Clinton operative in, living in Moscow, these are all called informants. Informants. I-N-F-O-R-M-A-N-T. Another word for informants, spies. In the counterintelligence operation, 
informants can lie through their teeth. There's no law saying you will be liable for the lies. Rats, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. So, so they are spies. They are not law enforcement instruments. These are just, you know, they are spies, as spies are. Right? So, because I have more questions about it. This is why, I, you know, what are these third parties? No, it's called also called a uh, CHS. It's called a confidential human source. Why is said confidential? It's another name for it. It's a confidential. Their identity will be sealed forever. Say, so if I lied about Amanda in front of FBI, say, hey, Amanda in California, he is a Chinese spy. I am an informant for the FBI counterintelligence. My identity will be forever sealed. Amanda will never know who have alleged she works for the Chinese government. And the FBI can knock on her door say, you violated the Foreign Agent Registration Act, Farah. Remember, these are informants. They are not liable if they lie. They're so they like have qualified immunity or they be, they just like their their data they, is doesn't even go into the record they don't, they don't go into the record you you can like CIA CIA they have a, agents right they they we recruit their so-called intelligence assets overseas so all these operations the national security state the deep state they are truly unbelievably powerful that's what they do. You don't, you will never, in other words, Amanda will not be able to find my identity and sue me for defamation. Because the government say, you can't do this because uh, he, uh, uh, Peter is an informant of us. He is an intelligence asset. He, he involving, it's called the method of uh, intelligence collection. You, you, you heard that, that term, right? You guys? It's called, you know, meth, uh, method of intelligence uh, collection. Yes, uh, uh, it may not be the exact word. Basically, the method of intelligence gathering is the absolute secret to the U.S. government. That's why the, when the George W. Bush's, uh, oh no, Dick Cheney's uh, chief of staff, Scott Libby, disclosed the CIA operative's name, he had to go to jail for it. That's how, how, how he op operates, okay? So that is, uh, the th I think, the third or fourth question that uh, Doran is asking. And I was like, you are a freaking lawyer. You should know. These so-called uh, third-party informants, they are beyond the law, uh, which I'm going to talk about late later, okay? Next one. Oh, actually, that's all the question he asked. And then he, uh, then he's going to go over certain details. And I, I did quickly read through them. And I, this is what he said in his report. This is a big title. State of intelligence community information regarding Trump and Russia prior to the opening of Crossfire Hurricane. Now, the title he used just proved my point that the Trump-Russia case 
is a national security case, just like the Korematsu case, rounding up the Japanese, just like the Cointel ca、uh, cases. Okay, it is a national security case. It is、uh, the intelligence community against Trump. So he his report already shows that. But nobody remember nobody, not even the judges like Devin Nunes, ever challenge the unlimited authority of the deep state. Not even this independent prosecutor. He literally has all the power to find out what the hell happened. He did not. Okay, in the segment he called it the opening of crossfire hurricane. He basically repeated what Michael. Horowitz, the Inspector General, have said in his report, "There's, they don't even, you know,、uh, like I said earlier, when it comes to national security, the government need not to provide a scintilla of evidence to point fingers at the suspect, saying, 'You works for an enemy state, you are our the enemy of the United States. The burden of proof is on you.'" To prove your innocent, in a regular law enforcement, enforcement, the government has the burden to prove that you are guilty. In the counterintelligence operation, you are presumed to be guilty to start with. That's called the national security cases. Okay, like I said before, the China Initiative under under Donald Trump, all these Chinese just have their Chinese name. Or have an email exchange with any Chinese entities in China, bingo, good enough. Next one, the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. He has、uh, the following verbiages. Our investigation determined that the Crossfire Hurricane investigations did not and could not corroborate any of the substantive allegations. Contained in the Steele reporting in the Steele dossier, nor was Steele able to produce corroboration for any of the reported allegations, even after being offered one million dollars or more by the FBI for such corroboration. Remember this: the FBI paid for the Steele dossier. Um, the law firms paid the steel for these dossier for these reports. It's not just one big report saying Trump is bad. It's a multiple reports coming from from Christopher Steele's group. Like I said earlier, even you pay these foreign foreigners. By the way, they are foreigners. Christopher Steele is a British guy. These so-called CHS, confidential human sources, they bear no legal liability for lying to FBI to make a falsified reports to FBI, because once again, it's a counterintelligence operation. You know, just imagine James Bond, Double O Seven. Okay, he can do no wrong. He's a spy. He can lie. He can cheat. He can kill. He can steal. He can get away. Okay, so these so-called confidential human sources, they can do any shit they want. They want to. They get paid. Isn't that nice? 
Isn't that nice? Now, I remember recently the Congress authorized $400 million for, for anti-China propaganda. I would like to team up with someone who, who know how to write a grant application to get some of those $400 million. I can come up with all kinds of shit about China. I just want to be paid. You guys, let me know. I'm a grant okay? writer. You're a grant writer? Okay, I'm, Amanda. I'm also, I'm also not running away from you because I'm a grant writer, but it is 7 o'clock, and so I do have to go. I will okay. listen to the remaining amount of the show. I just can't do it live. I'm sorry, Peter. No problem, Amanda. Th thank you, Amanda. Appreciate it. So the next segment, Doran Report talks about the Steel dossier, and he wrote this. In the spring of 2016, Perkins Coie, a U.S.-based international law firm acting as a counsel to the Clinton campaign, retained the Fusion GPS, a U.S.-based investigative firm, to conduct, con to conduct opposition research on Trump and his associates. In mid-May 2016, Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS met with Steele in the U.K. and subsequently retained Steele for and his firm, Obvious Business Intelligence, to invest, investigate Donald Trump's tie to Russia. Now, here's my question. Now, these are all my questions to the deep state. I don't understand why Dora never asked this question. Does having a foreign agent, a foreigner, a citizen of another country, to investigate a U.S. president, top law enforcement officer, that act for FBI to hire a foreigner to investigate a U.S. president. Is that a surrender of our sovereignty of the United States? Who gave the authority to the FBI to do that? I was a unique Senate secret select committee on Trump to approve such authorization. If Steele got paid handsomely by the U.S. government, did he and his reports are false? Is that a fraud against the United States? Because you can say the same thing about our aid to Ukraine. Because our taxpayer money also pays for the salary and the retirement of Ukrainian officials. Why the fuck I need to do that as a, as a taxpayer? I pay a lot of taxes. So to me, Christopher Steele, you will think, will be the first person I would like Doran to interview under grand jury authority. But guess what? Doran never interviewed him. If we, the U.S. government, can go get Julian Assange, From Britain. Can we get a uh, Christopher Steele also? Why not? Right. So ne next one. This uh, he talks about. Uh, Doran talks about Igor Danchenko, a Russian 
who is the subcontractor of a Christopher Steele? Deschenko also got paid. And whatever he come up with is a total lie. Because, for example, Igor Deschenko claimed that he met with this guy, another Russian guy called the name of Sergei Milian. And uh, Sergei Milian is the president of the Russian-American Chamber of Commerce in New York City. And he is a public Trump supporter. And this Russian guy, working for Christopher Steele, working for the FBI, said he learned this Russia-Trump, Russia collusion from this guy, Sergei Milian. But they, these two persons never met and never had communicated with each other. So Deshenko apparently, apparently come up with a complete BS and give it to Christopher Steele and got paid. Is that a fucking fraud to, to America? Just think about it. I mean, in your regular job, you are asked to write a report about what's going on. And you just fake it. Right? So, so, oh, so by the way, I, I don't mean to sidetrack, but uh, I, I learned this recently. Is that after the Second World War, the U.S. kept a lot of Nazis and recruited them into the intelligence committee to be spies for us, to be the intelligence analyzers, uh, analysts. And now I'm told that actually these are former Nazis are the ones who come up with the claim that Soviet Union is going to militarily invade into West Europe. This is the narrative that supported this Cold War. These former Nazis, they have everything to be thankful to the Americans. Right? They are Nazis. The Americans did not prosecute them. For their war crimes and they got to work for the US government and get paid also so for these Nazis for these uh, you know contracted uh, intelligence analysts all they do is that they're gonna write whatever the American boss want them to say so the American boss say why don't you go ahead and write up say the Soviet Union is posing a military aggression threat towards the West Europe They'll go write it. They'll come up with all kind of imagination. It's the same thing here. You'll pay this guy Igor Dashenko, say, hey, we need some dirt on Trump. We'll pay you this much money. Just write up something. He'll do it. He will make up shit that never happened. So next segment, Doran wrote about this. The unresolved prior FBI counterintelligence investigation of Danshenko. The same person they paid to get dirt on Trump was investigated like six or seven years earlier. Now, how stupid you must, you have to be to trust a spy. That you are investigating already. 
Is it possible this guy, Danshenko, has acting as a, a, a double agent? Because uh, King, uh, Kim, Kim Iverson on YouTube, he interviewed this guy, Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort is briefly the campaign manager for, for Donald Trump. Uh, Vlad, I'll, I'll take you after I finish this. Paul Manafort said this. He said, Manafort himself has helped a Ukrainian government to fight with Russia. And it is the Russian government's desire to punish Paul Manafort. So whatever happened to him, Paul Manafort, out of this Russia collusion investigation, it's exactly what Putin has wanted. This makes me to think, again, counterintelligence, this is a real spy stories. I start to suspect is this guy Danshenko is actually a double agent for Putin? That he deliberately come up this guy this kind of shit, literally paralyzed the first term of Donald Trump. Oh, by the way, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. I hope him he will lose in 2024. But this is hilarious. This is hilarious. In other words. It is entirely possible that Danshenko is a double agent, made up this false intelligence, fed into the FBI, jeopardized the Trump presidency, and caused the tremendous so-called discord. Remember, uh, this uh, African uh, People's Socialist Party—they are—they are being—they are, uh, they are being indicted for sowing discord. For Russian government, but to me, it seems to me this whole Russian election interference investigation by the FBI, by the CIA, urged by the Clinton campaign, have sold the ultimate discord in the American society. Right? You have people like Vlad, the Trump supporters. They will they will feel all forever screwed. By the deep state, they will never give a shit about the government, called the U.S. government. Hey, Belad. Hey, Peter. How you doing? How's everyone? Now the thing good, is, good. I, I don't know uh, who was it. Cut the Pentagon was saying that the right is not is not interested or is not making a, a big. Uh, deal about the Durham report. No, they did. He's just not listening to the right-wing conservative uh, pundits and podcasts. That's the problem. But this has been talking about. You see, what what they want, what, what Durham should have done is he should have prosecuted. He should have asked for DOJ. But he knows he's not going to get it with the current DOJ, obviously from the Biden administration. Just like they're not going to prosecute uh, Biden's uh, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, nor they're going to prosecute Biden. Because they've been, you know, they're crooked. They've been finding out things on them. Yep. So we really don't have a judicial white privilege. We we have it, but for the wrong people. We have it for the oh, people in power. We, we 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 do we do. I, well, I, you did not join me from the beginning, and so I you said. So I have said before, Trump is the victim of a judicial white privilege. You did not exactly. get, it. and because I already talked about it way back, way yeah. back. 
and uh, and, and, was, and you don't need to mention. Don't worry. I, I know. Obviously, with the Durham report, it was a hoax, and there was FBI involvement, and it's crooked. The whole thing is turned around. If if Trump comes back, and I believe he will in 2024, I don't think it'll be Ron DeSantis. Not to wish him any evil. It's either one. It's either DeSantis or Trump for me on, on the Republican side. On the Democrat, I'd be willing to go with Robert F. Kennedy, but I don't think from a recent poll I, I heard that people don't want him. So I don't know if that's the last word. But anyway, the people will have the last say. The thing with with uh, with the Durham report is nothing's going to get done. Correct. At least not now. Yeah, I he investigated the crime, but not the crime boss. Yeah, <laughs> because in order for there to be, in order for there for there for there to be justice, hundreds of thousands of Americans will have to go to jail. And I'm not talking about innocent people. I'm talking about Hillary Clinton. The Clintons will be going to jail and many of their cohorts and many of the people that involve colleagues and people that are involved in, 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 in the Democrat Party, the Dem Democratic National Convention, everything from every administration. Even Obama would be going to jail. I, I promise you that. Even Obama would be going to jail. Why? Because there was, there was a lot of the, – this is the true – Attacking democracy. This is the true, not, not January 6th. This is the true trying to undermine democracy. And and we the people, we want justice in, in our country. I know you want justice too. I know you're, you're not really for Trump. You might have your reasons, opinions. I understand you. I'm not going to go back and forth with you whether you like him or not. You know, I just wish you saw him in a different eye. But let's, you have to admit, Peter, whether you like to recognize it or not, it was better times were under Trump compared to now. Uh, better times, with the exception of COVID, which wasn't his fault, you know. But in many powers that be, many deep state powers, many powers from West, the uh, from Davos, from Carl Schwab, from the United European Union, and all that would love to see the United States on its knees, and that's not going to happen. I promise you that. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's I, not, not the way they want. Go ahead. I hear you. So, no, so if you if you don't mind, I'm going to con continue. I have uh, you have to listen to this episode from the beginning because I touched a lot uh, about the Trump and other stuff. Okay, so, uh, so the next one is that so basically Paul Manafort in his interview with uh, Kim Iverson, he said, you know, the U.S. literally is double whammied by this uh, tr uh, Russia, Trump Russia collusion investigation. Because, uh, simply because, uh, you know, they, they were, uh, uh, Putin without doing anything, immobilized the presidency of, uh, of Donald Trump. And second, that he, he has sold ultimate discord among the American people because our justice system is, you know, now we know, you know, our justice system, as Devin Nunes said on the Fox News. Not only is the collapse of our entire justice system, it's also a collapse of our judiciary. This is not from me. This is from a white guy from the right side, Devin Nunes, Trump social, president of Trump social. He said that. And I agree with him. I started this show April of last year because I already see it's a complete collapse of the justice system and the judiciary. Okay. So, oh, by the way, you, do you guys know that actually, you know, as we know, Doran is appointed by Will, uh, William Barr, which is a white privilege himself. But do you know that courts actually have the authority to appoint independent prosecutors also? As Devin Nunes said, 
the courts in D.C., in Pfizer, in district court, they all knew this Russia, Trump, uh, Trump, Russia collusion is a total hoax. They know this since 2017. But the court did nothing. Why? It traced back to Korematsu. The highest court in Korematsu have said, when it comes to national security, the courts should step aside and let the president, not the executive branch, to do whatever they want. Okay, so 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 I digress. Let me continue with the Doran's report. So the Doran ne next segment is about Dashenko's relationship with Charles Dolan. Charles Dolan is a Clinton operative. I think there's a saying now: all roads lead to Clinton. Right? Like I said earlier, my disappointment. You know, I have said. Doran has abused his prosecutorial discretion not to go after the crime boss. The crime boss is likely inside the Clinton campaign. I said I have said that. All roads lead to Clinton. There is a relationship the has contact with Charles Dolan. He he's what Dechenko is saying. His falsified reports likely is from Charles Dolan, but Charles Dolan was not interviewed by Dolan when when Dolan has the power to interview him. Next segment, John Dolan's report says this: the FBI's failure to interview Charles Dolan. Yeah, we know that. But why the hell didn't you, Doran yourself, interview Doran? We, the United States, again, we can go get Julian Assange, an Australian, who published some defense secrets, not stolen by him, by an American. We still go after him, from try to bring him back uh, bring him from Britain to the U.S. Why don't you go after Charles Dolan? He's American. Again, when Duran complained the FBI's failure to interview Charles Dolan, how, what the hell, why don't you go interview him? Next one, next segment, he wrote about Dichenko's claims regarding Sergei Milian. Sergey Milian, who was the president of the Russian-American Chamber of Commerce in New York City and a public Trump supporter. The evidence uncovered by the office showed that Dichenko never spoke with Sergey Milian and simply fabricated the allegation that he attributed to Milian. Basically, Dichenko is writing up his little snitch report. So Christopher still asked him, where did you get this information from? He said, oh, I got it from this very prominent Russian businessman, Sergey Milian. But in fact, he never spoke to him. Can we, you know, can we blame the Chango all the way? Not really. You know, 
if you are a Chinese businessman, you must be working for the Chinese government. That's the deep state rule. <laughs> if you are Russian businessman and you're a Trump supporter, that just link up Russia and Trump. Okay? It's pretty hilarious it's because they're, it's so stupid. Right? This is called the intelligence community. They basically use assess your guilt by association. You are a Russian businessman. You you support Trump. You live in New York City. You are president of Chamber of Commerce of Russian American Chamber of Commerce. That just itself established that Trump must be. You know, Trump is a New Yorker. Sergey Million is a New Yorker. These two New Yorkers must be talking. That just means that Russia is talking to Trump. TikTok, it's a Chinese business. Must be working for Chinese government. Oh, yes. We are so smart, the West. No, the West is beyond stupid. The next one, the Alpha Bank allegation. Another good one. In the Alpha Bank's allegation, I want to share with you, like I said earlier, it's a, a partnership of a prosecutorial discretion and the color of a national security in collaboration with mainstream media. Michael Sussman is the lawyer from this guy, uh, uh, Perkin Coey. He is the main go-between between the FDI, the media, and the opposition research groups. He formed this, uh, I call it a private-public legal partnership. Perkin Coey is an international law firm, remember. They are all lawyers. Lawyers from this country talking to a lawyer to another country, and they can all cleverly come up with a collusion allegation. They know the law. They are the best to come up with a lawfare against a political enemy. Between 2016 to 2017, it is reported that in several media outlets that there had been activity between computer servers belonging to Alpha Bank and the Trump Organization. And there's a lot of detail how they come out with this. Basically, you have some, quote, computer um, experts, unquote, hired by the opposition research groups and do some analysis on the internet traffic with no one to, to, to fact check their, their work saying, oh, we see the traffic between the Alpha Bank's computer server and the Trump organization. That must be Trump-Russia collusion. As, as we all know, cybersecurity is a very complicated, complex subject. It's not easy to pinpoint, like when there's a cyber attack, it's not that easy to pinpoint where the origin of the attack come, come from. You have different experts, just like vaccine, you have different experts. You have different medical experts. You have different cybersecurity experts. 
but one political party or campaign can utilize that and rely on the deep state to make a mere allegation by so-called internet traffic that somehow Trump organization is in collusion with Russia. Guess what? The Republican does the same thing. Remember TikTok? Oh, TikTok, you must be communicating with the Chinese government servers. It's easy to come up with this kind of allegations. Okay? Oh, I know who to hire if I want to allege TikTok is in communication through servers with the Chinese government servers. I will hire Mark Zuckerberg's quote cybersecurity expert, end quote. They will give me a fantastic report. Okay? Like, remember the U.S. government, the Congress just budgeted $400 million to help to produce anti-China propaganda? I would like to get some money from that $400 million. You know, I will be that Christopher Steele. You know, give me how about $5 million. I will spend $2 million to give to Mark Zuckerberg. He will find the cybersecurity experts to give me a report showing the internet traffic between the TikTok servers in the U.S. and the Chinese government servers. And I'll give it to the Congress. And I'll also, at the same time, give a copy to the FBI. And also, at the same time, give a copy to the New York Times and Washington Post. That's called a na national security counterintelligence operation. And I can do all kinds of shit now without being legally liable. Because I'm just an informant for the government. Right? Now I come to the conclusion by Doran. Doran's conclusion. As a typical white privilegist, a white lawman always talks high words. He used these words, which I find out to be laughable. He talked about, quote, strict fidelity to the law, end quote. Fuck your fidelity. I would say it's called infidelity to the law. That's what the FBI is. Actually, that, that's what the court is, infidelity to the law. He used this word, quote, a cavalier attitude towards accuracy and the completeness, unquote. Being American has nothing to do with being accurate or being complete. These bureaucrats I mean, you are lucky if, if they know one plus one equals two. They do not have a, any ability towards accuracy and completeness, especially when they are politically biased. They already have a goal, have an intention. Did you read the text between this uh, Peter Strzok and, uh, and uh, his lover? It's obvious.
You have to be blind to say, oh, oh, we need to stress that they have to have a cavalier attitude towards accuracy and completeness. No, they are there to fuck. Here, here comes another great word he used. Quote, a serious lack of analytical rigor towards politically affiliated persons and entities, unquote. Analytical rigor for political bias? I mean, can you tell bias just pretty much on its face? So this is Doran Report. That's his conclusion. Now here, here comes the irony, okay? He said, Doran Report says, in light of the foregoing, there is a continuing need for the FBI and the department to recognize that lack of analytical rigor, apparent confirmation bias, and an over-willingness to rely on information from individuals connected to political op opponents caused investigators to fall to adequately, uh, caused investigators to fail to adequately consider alternative hypotheses and to act without appropriate objectivity or restraint in pursuing allegation of a collusion or conspiracy between a U.S. political campaign and a foreign power. First of all, if you read this, you will think Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General, could have done the same thing already. In fact, I think he did it. Doran was appointed to be independent prosecutor to get to the bottom of this. But he sent a report, his report reads like a, uh, a, a inspector general's report. What is worse is this. The current FBI's indictment, the DOJ's indictment of these Uhuru three people, they're doing the exact same thing. The only difference is uh, they are saying the conspiracy is between a U.S. political party in this, a tiny little unknown pan-African socialist group and the Russian government. What changed? Nothing changed. Nothing changed after the Michael Horowitz report. Nothing will change after the Doran report because he never gets to the bottom of it when he's entirely authorized to do so. But guess what? He is a prosecutor. He has absolute immunity to exercise his prosecutorial discretion. And you can do nothing about it. That's why I call today's episode is called The Discretions of a White Lawman. That applies to James Comey. That applies to John Doran and tons of other prosecutors. So here's to my conclusion. The Doran report is a typical apology from a typical white privileges. What happened is very unfortunate, tragic, and honest mistake. 
It was an accident, not a criminal act. That's a typical narrative. Think about the more than 50 some former intelligence officials signed a letter casting doubt on the on the provenance of a New York Post story on the former pre vice president's son, Hunter Biden. Is that an accident? All these 50 former intelligence officials come together? Is that an honest mistake? No. It is the deep state's unlimited power to interfere American elections when they are in the office and when they are out of the office. Of course, once again, in collaboration with the mainstream media. You have a prosecutor and the color of a national security in collaboration with mainstream media. You can be that. I can say this. From this report, I can say the political right is a fucked by Doran, a white lawman who has absolute prosecutorial discretion not to go after the crime boss. Just like the political right was fucked by James Comey, Christopher Ray, William Barr, and all those 50-some former intelligence officials. The ultimate irony is this. Like I said already, Trump is the victim of judicial white privilege. Same thing here. The ultimate irony is this. Right now, the political right also uses the exact same tactics against the Chinese and the Chinese businesses. They do the exact same thing. Yeah, Peter. It, yeah. It's, it's much different because they're not indicting any particular individual from the Chinese Communist Party. They're just accusing. They they're, they're, okay, who? They are. Who? Who are they going to uh, prosecute? A recently, recent case is that they round up a, a few Chinese guy in New York City, saying they are the secret police sent by the Chinese government. Oh yeah, but that's happened already several times. They've been having a sh the, to close up uh, Chinese CCP police departments that they secretly opened. There's already proof on that. That is a lie. No, it's true. No, I. They, I they, this is where you, you you will not know. I mean, I will do a separate episode on that. Okay, but I will okay. I will give you good news. Okay, I will give you good news. This is hilarious. Okay. Right, during the Trump investigation, uh, during the Trump administration and his uh, China initiative, they did arrest the NYPD officer, accusing him of being a Chinese spy. Okay. And three years later, just uh, like two weeks ago, the DOJ dropped the charges against this guy. I'll tell you this. I had a good laugh out of this. This I remember saw the news about this guy's arrest and indictment. But this guy does not have a Chinese name. I was like, that's strange. I was like, Chinese government is hiring non-Chinese to do their job, right? Now I know after they dropped the charges, this guy they are going after is a Tibetan Chinese. That's why his first name and last name spells the way that I don't even recognize at all. I was like, the U.S. government has accused the uh, Chinese government uh, uh, genocide of Tibetans. Then why U.S. government want to go after a Tibetan immigrants working for the as officer of NYPD and accusing him 
of a spy for Chinese government. They dropped the charge. No, this happened. Trust me. They are all politicians. So you cannot, so Dorum we supposed to teach all of us, you just cannot trust the government to actually prosecute crimes committed by the government, period. Remember this, James Comey never interviewed Hillary Clinton for her email server, even though the whole case is about her email server, Clinton email server. That's the name of it. Doran did uh, cover this thing called the Clinton Intelligence Plan as a part of the uh, probable cause to investigate this Trump-Russia collusion. But Doran did not interview Clinton. He did not interview Christopher Steele. He did not interview this guy Dolan. Why not? You have all the power to do so. Why he did not? He does exactly what James Comey did. He said, I'm not going to touch those politically powerful people. That will not be good for me. I don't give a F about how the FBI would continue to interfere the American election. I will just do the minimum and drop the ball. I will do enough so no one can accuse me of covering up for Clinton. But at the end, you just, you know, did not go after the person, the people behind all these criminal activities. What's criminal? Lying. Getting paid by U.S. taxpayers' money and made a falsified report about whoever. That's a fraud against the U.S. It's a conspiracy against the United States. It's chargeable crime anywhere this person's at. Why not? So my warning to all, all of you is this. Remember this. Like I said, Currently, it's the three black prosecutors going after Trump. New York State Attorney General, Manhattan District Attorney General, the Georgia State Attorney General. So it's not possible for this white prosecutor, Jack Smith, not to go after Trump. But remember this. The same prosecutorial discretion can be used by a black prosecutor too. Okay? Whether to decide whether to prosecute or not to prosecute. So when that happens, the whites will have a good taste what it's like. So you know me, I'm dead in the middle. I just believe we have to have a functioning justice system. Now with Devin Nunes claiming, declared that the entire justice system has collapsed. 
the entire judiciary have collapsed. And he made that statement after reading the Durham report. I'm pretty sure he read page to page, and I agree with him. So that, in a nutshell, is what I want to talk about. Uh, Velat, go ahead if you want to challenge me on any points. Going into a dead zone. I can't talk much. Oh, no worry, no worry. I'm trying to read the the, uh, the uh, chat room, guys. Okay, just see whether anyone posts question. <laughs> Dong bass. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> Jenny is saying, "Old Rose leads to President Obama." I actually is not sold that Obama is behind this. I actually want to give Obama the 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 benefit of the doubt, but I completely I'm completely confident Clinton is 100 percent behind all this. <laughs> but as you know, Jenny is a Trump supporter. She will deny all the bad things that Trump is doing. Under the same color of a national security, okay. Trump is not an angel. I'm actually very glad he's tasting his own damn medicine, and uh, and uh, you know I feel sorry for that. Uh, you you hold root three because they they were they they are being prosecuted under the same scheme of things. Deep state, national security, mainstream media. Have you heard of one single media? mainstream media that stand up saying what's happening with this uh, Uhuru 3 is a clear uh, 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 government wrongdoing against the First Amendment. You know, we all should have rights for free association. I mean, you know, if someone belongs to a white supremacist group, is that a crime? No, it's not. Being associated with a white supremacist group is not a crime, period. You can be a KKK member. You are not that. That does not make you a criminal. You have to be specific to commit a crime. Then the law will have a jurisdiction over you. Your association. There's no law saying the association is illegal. Yeah. So so that is pretty much what I want to talk about today. And. Uh, it's uh, about an hour and 43 minutes. It's not too, too bad. So, guys, thank you so much to listening. And uh, I appreciate it. I'm pretty sure you have way better things to do. And uh, have a great rest of your evening. And uh, happy Memorial Day for tomorrow. And uh, I will see you uh, hopefully on Wednesday. All right. Good night. Peter. Yes. Go ahead. I know you no. want to say something. So, basically... You know, Trump should be given the benefit of the doubt on everything and basically recognize that it's been within the deep state that has come after him. This is so evident, especially with the Durham report. He was right. They were wrong. And you should be outraged. You should want justice even for Trump. You should be asking for jail time for the Clintons. Oh, and I have said, uh, I have said enough. You know, actually, you did not hear this. I'll, I'll say it again because you're here, okay? Uh-huh. The, uh, I actually consider it's a good thing for Trump. He literally today, he can say this. DeSantis, Ron DeSantis is not my enemy. The government is my enemy. I will fight the government's prosecution 
malicious prosecution. It's not for me. It's for you, we the people. Our government is stepping out of the line for too long. In fact, I think the prosecutors, all these prosecutors, including Alvin Black, including Letitia James, I think they have unknowingly handing a gold-plated opportunity to Trump to come back big. So that's my own personal opinion. Okay? But that does not mean Trump is an angel. No. If, if, as a matter of fact, for 2024, I'm willing to move to Pennsylvania and claim residence, residency in Pennsylvania in order to make sure Trump will lose in Pennsylvania. Because I'm a Delaware res resident, I, you know, I'm pretty sure Delaware will go for Biden. I, you know, among the, between the two, I'd rather have a very senile person sitting in the White House than have a loud mouth showboat racist sitting in the White House. So that's my take. So, but. Of course, everyone, including you, is entitled to your opinion and your choice. So I will not be, you know, against you because simply because you're a Trump supporter. Absolutely not. But I just want to, I'm here to point out, our justice system is completely effed up, period. I'm just glad the people from the right and the left are saying the same thing. In my opinion, this is not hyperbole. This is real. This is real. So, again, thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your evening. I'll see you soon. Bye now.